this time on the Fountains Fellowship Fort Worth podcast. Most of us wish we had greater control over our lives, but sometimes it seems the harder we grasp, the more the elements of our lives seem to slip out of our fingertips. In the second message of our I Choose series, Pastor Samuel discusses surrendering control to God and having faith that your life will always be under greater control in His hands. Here's Pastor Samuel. Welcome this morning to I Choose, the uh, second part of our series. Hope you guys enjoyed uh, last week. We talked about purpose over popularity. How many of you guys were encouraged to put our purpose in Jesus over our desire to be popular? Come on, we can easily fill our days and our weeks with trying to be somebody in the world's eyes. But I'll tell you, friends, so much better to know your purpose in Christ and to be able to walk in that direction. I want to thank you again for being here. We are so thankful and honored to be able to serve you. We believe that it is not a mistake that you are here this morning, but that God has a word for your life. And what I want you to do this morning is that when you listen, I pray that you listen to Jesus in your life and say yes to him this morning. Because I believe what we're going to, what we've prepared, um, the food that we've prepared for you this morning is vital for you to get you through this next week. I believe God doesn't do things by mistake. And today, you're going to have a chance to hear, uh, I believe, an opportunity to choose um, something great over something not so great. And we're going to talk about that today. And uh, I believe that all of us in this series, I Choose, we make choices. And those choices that we've made in the past has gotten us to this place right here and now where you are at. And I believe the choices that you are going to make today and tomorrow will dictate who you become in the future. So we better get busy making right choices. This is why you're here today, friends. This is why we're here, because we are saying, God, we want to hear what you have to say to us, and we want to do that. We want to do the good things that you've prepared for us. So today, we're going to talk about choosing surrender. Somebody say surrender Surrender. over control. We're going to choose surrender today over control. Control. Now, how many of you today, by show of hands, love to be in control? Come on, somebody. Come on. Hey, you, and, and those of you that like to be in control are looking at your neighbor saying, you need to raise your hand. Don't lie now, because you so deeply want to be in control of your life and what you do. You will control your neighbor, even in church, somebody. You will do that. Now, we all battle with this in certain areas of our lives. We, we battle with this issue of control, trying to control our, our, our workers at, at the job, on the job site. We, we try to control our boss, right? Anybody drop hints to the boss about how, how, how much you've done and how, how low you get paid? Uh, and and some, some of you, your coworkers, or maybe your employees, you love to control. Some of you take that home, right? And you love to control your spouse. Any controlling spouses in here? Don't raise your hand. Come on. <laughs> You'll have to come to counseling this week over that one decision. How many of you would like to control your children? Come on, we got a lot of people in here that love to control their children. We're going to talk about that. We're going to unpack what that means today. But I'll tell you something, friends. If your job and and your idea in life is to control those around you, 
You might be in a difficult situation. Because I believe there's a reality in, in, when we're trying to control someone that it reflects a lot of times a spiritual problem. It reflects in, in you trying to take control of your life and the lives of people around you. But friends, today we're going to talk about what Jesus says about control and who should really have the control in your life. And what we're going to do today is talk about the issue of surrender versus control and how that will work out for all of us as we choose to make good decisions in Jesus. I'm gonna give you a quick scripture, and I believe it as you grab a hold of this biblical truth this morning, hopefully you will grab a hold of who needs to be in control of your life and who you need to surrender to. We're gonna be in Proverbs 3, 5 to 6 this morning. I wanna read this quick scripture to you. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, not just a portion of your heart, not just the Sundays of your heart, But every day, in every situation, in every area of your life, you and I are called to trust in the Lord with every area of our heart. And listen to this, friends, and lean not on our own understanding or your own understanding. See, this is where we fail a lot of times. We, we give a portion of our heart to Jesus and say, you can mess with that area of our life. But on the other parts of our lives, we, we tend to lean on what we know and what we believe to be true. And Jesus is saying, we need to lean not on our own understanding, but in all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. See, friends, I believe that as we lean on Jesus, all of those things that sometimes we struggle with, that we are trying to control, that we're trying to take care of on our own, if we would just step aside for a minute and say, Jesus, you take care of that situation. He will make our paths straight, the Bible says. And friends, I want your paths to be straight. I want you and I to walk hand in hand with each other and with Christ to do amazing things. Now, the more we control, the more we are afraid, a lot of times, of losing control. We edge God out. We say, God, I've got this. Has anybody ever said that? God, I got this. You don't need to worry about this. I'm going to take care of this. And this is where we run into issues. I'm going to tell you a quick story today but a guy named Abram and his wife, Sarai. And uh, if you don't know, God changes both of their names to Abraham and Sarah. But it's interesting because what happened is this, this couple decided to take control on their own in multiple situations throughout their lifetime. And we will see in this quick story about what happens when you try to take control and control goes bad. We see here in Genesis, in the first book of the Bible, we see that this couple, Abram and Sarai, were without children. And they really desperately wanted children. And God comes to Abram and says, listen, you you will be the father of many nations. And all of a sudden, he's like, yes, I'm going to have a child. And I am so excited about that. And guess what happens right after he tells him that? Nothing. For 25 years, Abram, And Sarai are sitting there wondering, God, you said we were going to have a child. What's going on here? Finally, Sarai Sarai begins to to tell uh, here in Genesis 16, decides to take control and bring about a child on her own. This is control gone completely wrong, friends. I know none of you have ever tried to do this. So we see here in Genesis 16, 1 to 4, listen to what Sarah tells Abram, her husband. 
He says there, now Sarah, Sarah, excuse me, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. How beautiful. So she said to Abram, thank you for one of you laughing, the Lord has kept me from having children. So she has a great idea. Go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. And so Abram agreed to what Sarai said. He said, listen, I'm your husband. I'm going to be obedient to sleep with the the slave Hagar. And I'm just going to take one for the team. And so listen to this. So after Abram had been living in Canaan 10 years, Sarai, his wife, took her Egyptian slave Hagar and gave her to her husband to be his wife. And he slept with Hagar and she conceived. Now, crazy story. I don't encourage any of you to go that route. Um, I do want to tell you, this is what happens when we decide to take control of our lives in a way that we see fit. Leaning on our own understanding, not standing in faith that Jesus is going to do all that he says he's going to do. And so we see here, friends, today that, that this was not God's timing. And this was, and, and, and so, so much so that they said, you know, we're going to do this. And, and, and Hagar had a son, and his name was Ishmael. And we will see this decision in that moment affected, even today, what's going on in our world around us. Because what, what we see here in the Word of God is Hagar had a son named Ishmael, right? And, and then they actually had another son, Isaac, which was promised to them through God. God helped them, uh, Sarah, get pregnant and have this son, Isaac. And listen, out of Ishmael, you have the Palestinians and Muhammad, okay? And out of the life of Isaac, you have the Jewish nation and Christ. And it's interesting because even today, there, there are divisions within these two factions of people. You have, you have all of the, the, the Palestinians, and they're fighting against the Jews. And, and you have this tension of, do we follow Muhammad, or do we follow Jesus Christ? And we see this in our world right now, this division, because somebody tried to take control of the situation that they should have never taken control over. Friends, this is the point. This is what happens when control goes bad. Now, what do I mean by that? If you're a Christian girl in here and your desire is to have a Christian boy to, 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 to date and get married and, and your heart's desire is to find that Christian boy, but all of a sudden you can't find that Christian boy, so you just decide to go find a boy. And you think in your brain, hey, I'll, I'll take him to church, right? I'll show him Jesus and I'll introduce him. It's called missionary dating. And all of a sudden you decide to take it upon yourself to find the man of God that you think God wants you to have. Friends, that goes bad quickly. And unfortunately, we've seen it more times than not in bad because somebody decided they would find love in somebody that they should have never found love in. I know I'm talking to somebody. Financial issues, you're struggling, you know you should put God first and tithe as your act of worship. But because you want to control your situation, you say, you know what, I'm not going to give faithfully to my Heavenly Father because I need that money. I can balance my checkbook more than Jesus can. Friends, I want to tell you, 
It's crazy the things that we get into our heads about. We must do this. We must control this. I know some parents that love to, they're called helicopter parents, right? They, they just hover over their, their children. And, and when there's a big project due, the parents don't want their kid to get anything less than an A. And so they go home and they, they do the whole project for the child so that the child can go and be wonderfully full of A's. You guys know anybody like that? Come on, if somebody says anything wrong to your child, you jump up and say, who do I need to beat down today? (laughs) Talking to somebody. Your little kid goes outside to go get the mail, and before he leaves, you put a helmet on him and knee pads, and you're saying, please, little Johnny, don't trip and bust your head. Speaking to somebody. But I know that in this room, none of you are overprotective parents, are you? None of you. Now listen, I want you to think about something. I want you to think of an area that you are trying to control today. Maybe a person, maybe a thing, maybe a circumstance right now in this place that you are trying to control. Are you trying to control your kids? Are you trying to control your finances, your friends? Maybe, maybe your spouse, you are sitting there going, I wish she would do this, this, and this, and how can I get her to do this, this, and this? I want you to ask yourself, am I not trusting the Lord in this situation? Will I choose surrender over control? Am I going to actually surrender that control to the Lord? Today, what I want to do is give you three questions, friends, quickly, to help you answer when is the right time to choose surrender over control? When is the right time to choose surrender over control? The first question is, is it worth my concern? Is it worth my concern? In relationships, you can have control or you can have intimacy, but you can't have both. Because what I find is that when you're sitting around trying to control your, your spouse, right, there's a lack of intimacy because how many of you love just to be controlled all the time? Always told what to do, how to do it, when to wake up, what to wear, all of these things. And it really divides people instead of unite people. For some of us, is it worth my concern? You need to realize some things about you that uh, you love to control. And you need to to talk and and, and think about, is this really that big of a deal? Some of us get really upset about the dumbest, I mean the littlest things. We get freaked out, we get wigged out, we get upset when something doesn't go our way. We've all been there, friends. Right? We've all had that attitude of, of, you know, maybe the towels at home aren't folded right. Right, My kids come home, and they take the towel uh, off the little hangy thing and wash their hands. And you know what they do with it out afterwards? They throw it somewhere. And that upsets me, right? My kids put shoes in my car. Shoes are going on your feet. And for some reason, they get in my car, and they take their shoes off. Yuck. And I, I, I go home, and I'm like, what's that smell? I'm going to die. I want to run my car right off a cliff. And I get home, and there are three pair of shoes in my car. And I pull the shoes out of my car, and I feel like throwing them over the mountains into the sea of forgetfulness. And I feel like launching them at my children's heads when I walk in the house. Preaching to somebody. And I'm like, something's wrong with me. Because... Five years, will it really matter? 
You know, there will be a moment when my kids have moved out and they're long gone and I'm going to be wishing I could smell those stinky shoes in the back of my car. You better understand, is it worth my concern, friends? Remember, the thing that drives you crazy is actually the thing that you're going to miss one day. I want to tell you, a lot of things are just not worth it to fight. To, to belittle, to hurt people. Because what I find is that when you're trying to control everything in your life, you're hurting your relationships. You're hurting your intimacy. You're hurting your relationships to your children, to your coworkers, to your boss, to, the, to your church family. You begin to try to control everything around you, and it ends up in a big bonfire of mess. I just want to encourage you. The question, first question is, is it worth my concern? The second question to choose whether you should surrender, choose surrender over control is, is it mine to control? Is this situation mine to really control? Is it something I should do something about? Friends, sometimes the answer is yes. Sometimes you, you got to get busy. Listen, there's a big difference between surrendering control and relinquishing responsibility. Did you know that? There's a real difference in that. And today we need to kind of identify what does that mean. Listen, if you're messed up financially, God says, listen, pal, I gave you two hands and two feet. You need to get busy and get to work. Some of you need to get a second job. Some of you need to spend less and stay at home and eat at home. Right? See, I believe there's some responsibility that we must take. We got to get busy. If your marriage is in trouble... You need to look at your life and say, how can I adjust my heart? How can I, how, maybe you need to encourage your spouse. We need to do some counseling. Maybe you need to join a life group so that you can, um, be, be, uh, so that you can grow together in the word of God together with other believers that are like-minded. Maybe you need to get busy serving and joining the dream team because you're so focused on yourself that you can't see the needs of other people. See, friends, there are times when we have to say, is it mine to control? Maybe your child is making bad decisions. Maybe you need to be available to your child. Maybe you need to make a bridge in your relationship to your child. Maybe you need to be a parent that is willing to listen instead of trying to control every situation. I want to encourage you. There is sometimes when you got to get busy. If you're a single guy in here and you're looking for a wife, You need to put the Xbox down. You need to go take a shower and shave and look like you care, right? I mean, I'm trying. That's what I came here to do. There's some things you and I do. Ask yourself, self, is it mine to control? Someone say, okay. Now, first question, is it worth my concern? Second question, is it mine to control? And the third question, whether in deciding whether you should choose surrender over control, number three, is it for God alone? Is this situation, friends, for God alone? Is this one of those areas that I'm trying to control, but it's not mine to control? And this is where I want want to get very real with you today. Because I find a lot of the things that you and I are involved in are things that we don't need to worry about, things that we don't need to focus on, and the more that we focus on those and try to control those, the just harder it gets. You know, I love what the Apostle Paul says while he's chained up 
right, to a Roman guard. He's on house arrest, right, chained to a guy, on house arrest. And he says this to you and I this morning. In Philippians 4, 6, I love this scripture. Do not be anxious about anything. Fountains Fellowship, Fort Worth. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, listen to this, present your request to God. Why is this important? It's important because this must be the first step whenever you're starting to feel anxiety. This needs to be the first step in the right direction whenever you're feeling worried, whenever you're feeling doubtful, whenever you're feeling you might get fired, whenever you're feeling like your kids are out of control, whenever you feel like your relationship is messed up and broken and maybe should have never been put together in the beginning, you need to come and, 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 and say, God, I'm not going to be anxious about anything, but I'm going to go to you in prayer. See, a lot of people say, you know what? This situation's bad and all I got is prayer. All I've got is Jesus. And I think to myself how Jesus wants to smack a knot on your head because prayer should be the first line of offense. The first thing we do, friends, as we go and we pray to God, we give it to God. When our kids are worried, when they have a test, when they have a runny nose, when they feel bad about something, when they're worried about something, when they smack their sister, we come together and we pray and say, God, help us with our hearts. Help us grow. Help us do what we're called to do. Help us to love each other. God, we, we surrender what we want to do, and we, we put in into your hands, and we say, we're going to follow you. We're going to follow what you want us to do. Don't insult God by saying, well, all we can do is just pray. Prayer is never a last resort. It's always and must be the first line of offense. Scripture says that we can boldly go before the throne of God. Did you know that? That you, you and I are welcomed to come to God in these things. We have access to God, friends. He hears our prayers. He's the God that says, with, all, with me, all things are possible. Did you know that? With God, all things are possible. You might be sitting here right now trying to control a situation, and God is saying, listen, with me, all things are possible, but unfortunately, you continue to try to control it and do it on your own. Look at your neighbor and say, stop it. You need to look at your second choice neighbor and really say, stop it. Philippians 4, 7, and as you stop it, and as you stop trying to control your spouse, as you stop trying to control everything your children wears, feeling like, man, I, 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 need, to, I need to control everything because if they look out of sorts, people will judge us. There's so many things that we can fill our hearts and minds with that we don't need to worry about. Listen, as we, as we say yes to Jesus and we realize this is not mine to control, this is the result of that, Philippians 4, 7. And the peace of God, some would say peace of God, which transcends all understanding. Listen, it transcends your own thinking, your own wise ways. It, it transforms all of your good intentions, and it changes you. And it says here, which transforms all understanding, will guard your heart, Jesus says. I'll guard your heart and your mind as you stay close to me and as I help you manage your life. I want to tell you, friends, when you and I trust in God with all of our hearts, when we lean on his understanding and not on our understanding, 
it produces amazing things. Maybe you're married today and your spouse is making bad decisions. Ask yourself, can I change my spouse? Nope. You can make them crazy. You can make them miserable. You can make them regret they ever met you. Anybody? You, you, can, you can harp on their behavior until they resent you. But listen, you cannot change your spouse. But who can? God can change your spouse. Only God can change your spouse. When we sit in a room with people, they're fighting each other. We got we to gotta submit our relationships to God. Say, God, you got to help us. You've got to be in control. You've, you, God, are the only person that can help. Some of you, hey, listen, some of you have been sick. There are people that are sick. Listen, we can't cure ourselves. You get cancer. Well, you, you do everything you can to try to live a healthy life and fight it and beat it. But let me tell you something. God's the only one that can heal your life. Can you control your kid's future? No. You can't. You can threaten them <laughs> within, within an inch of their life, right? You can lock every door so they don't run out. You can drive them away from you. You can create a wall and there, where, where there's no trust. You can do what you can do. I mean, we should invest in them. We should love them. We should lead by example, friends. But you can't dictate their future. But what you can do is, is pray to a God that he so comes into their lives and changes them from the top of their head to the bottom of their feet that they so desperately want to be led by God and surrender their lives to Jesus that there's no doubt in your mind that your kids are going to walk with God no matter what happens. And ultimately, friends, we say, God, I trust you with all of my heart, leaning not on my own understanding. Whatever it, the situation is, you need to ask, is this worth my concern? If it's not, let it fly. Let it go. If it's not your concern, you need to stop making everything your concern. you got to let it go. If it is your concern, do something about it. But friends, today I'm, I'm encouraging you to understand there's a lot of things you got to let Jesus take care of. You got to put your trust, your hope, your faith in Jesus. I want to tell you a story here in closing this morning. My wife and I were youth pastors for 10 years. We had a youth kid come into our youth group. His name is Jeremiah. He used to talk through every one of my sermons to girls. And his whole goal was to find the best-looking girl in youth group and uh, take them out for chicken. And, uh, and, and, and try to date everyone. And, and I remember Nicole and I at one point going, man, this kid is never going to get saved. And, and he's, he's only here to disrupt. He's only here to do whatever he wants to do. And it's really a bother, and it really upset me. Because I felt like he was being disrespectful. I felt like, you know, we were trying to lead all these wonderful gifts in, in these students to the Lord and do great things. And I remember there was a moment where Nicole and I was just like, we, we're giving up on this kid. We're, we're just going to give it to the, to, to the Lord. God, you deal with Jeremiah's heart because we can't do it. And, all, and, and, and one, in one moment, he comes in, and all of a sudden, we see Jeremiah coming to the altar to receive Jesus. And I remember to myself, as Nicole and I were discussing this, that, that, that that kid, you never thought he was actually going to care about anybody but himself. 
And something happened in Jeremiah where that day he received Jesus. And I remember saying to myself, we're done. Like we led this kid to the Lord and God bless him. We'll see what happens of his life. Let me tell you what happened to Jeremiah in 1999. September 15th, 1999, a man walked into Hewland's um, Wedgwood Baptist Church, Pastor Meredith's church. My father knows him well walked in and began to shoot everybody he saw that day. Ended up killing seven people, right? My youth group, we were supposed to be there. And yet we had something else we had to do. I was playing in music, doing something. I get a phone call. It says, worst thing that could ever happen, happened to this church on that night, on a Wednesday night, during a youth rally. This guy goes in and begins to shoot everybody he sees. All of a sudden, guess who he meets? He meets a kid named Jeremiah. Meets a kid named Jeremiah on the back row as he was shooting and killing everybody he saw. Jeremiah stands up on the pew in front of everyone. And listen to this. He says, he stands up to this guy that has a gun pointed at him. And he says, go ahead and shoot me. Go ahead and shoot me. He says here, you can shoot me if you want because I'm going to heaven. And he says to the guy, where are you going? Where are you going? And in that moment, because he stood up for something that he really believed and God really changed his life and he surrendered everything that he had, said, God, I'm going to do what you want me to do. And as he testifies to what happens, he speaks of how he didn't really understand why he did what he did, but he felt like God wanted him to say those words to that guy who was, who was killing people. And when he said that to that gentleman, it says it, it, that he, he says that the guy immediately got white and he mumbled a few things to him and he sat down and he took his life in that moment. I want to tell you, friends, when, when, when you surrender control over your life, God will use your life in ways that you've never even imagined. And Jeremiah was on every talk show. You can look him up, Jeremiah Needs. And, and, and he, he talked about how God used him in that moment to change the lives of people. How many more people would have died if it wasn't for Jeremiah standing up and saying, God, I'm going to be used by you. Friends, I want to tell you, (laughs) when you surrender, all of a sudden God does miracles in your life. When you surrender, all of a sudden God does miracles in your relationships. When you surrender what you want and you realize, God, I want you and I want all of you and I want you to be in every area of my life. I'm no longer going to lean on my understanding and my wisdom because it's all for naught because you can run my life better than I can. When you and I say yes to that, crazy awesome things happen. Friends, that's what I want. I want for my kids, no matter what, to just say yes to Jesus and no to everything else. I want our church, I want the Fountains Fellowship, Fort Worth and Crowley and whoever else is to come. I want us to get busy investing and inviting in Jeremiah's of the world. I want us to stand up and rise up and say, you know what? I'm tired of living in my way. I'm tired of doing it my way. But I want to get busy telling people about Jesus, 
giving them a real answer to life, giving them real hope when otherwise they would have death, friends. I think today we must choose surrender over control. Proverbs 3, 5 5 to 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. God, I want my paths to be straight. I don't want to go and and, and just be like a roller coaster bouncing around this life of difficulty and worry and stress and anxiety. But I want to come to Jesus and walk in rest, real rest. The Bible says come to Jesus and he will give you a real rest for your souls. Starts when we surrender. God, we, we surrender. We're not going to be anxious about anything. I want you to bow your heads with me this morning. I want to pray for you. Some of you in this room this morning that have not surrendered your life to Jesus. You thought it was all about you. You thought it was all about you making your decisions and doing everything you want to do yourself. But I'm here to tell you that Jesus wants to meet you to give you a new reason to live, to give you a new hope and a new future, the Bible says. I want to pray for you that have never asked Jesus into your heart or maybe you've been away from Jesus. We're going to pray. It's called the sinner's prayer where you and I, we come to God and say, God, we're sinners and our sin has separated us from you. But God sent his son Jesus to come to deal with that sin so that we can now be together with him for eternity in heaven. And I want us to pray that prayer together. And friends, let me encourage you, if you pray that prayer, or maybe you've not prayed it in a while and you feel like, God, you need to come back to him and surrender, I want you to fill that card out, take it to the first steps table. When we're done here, why do we do that? So we can give you the resources you need to be successful in Jesus. I want all of us to say this prayer together. Dear God, I believe there's a heaven. I believe there's a hell. I believe Jesus died on the cross and rose again to save me from my sins and save me from hell. I know I'm a sinner and I know I've hurt you. Please forgive me. Jesus, come into my life. Save my soul. I trust you to be my personal savior. Jesus name you know friends I want to say one more prayer we have our wonderful prayer team up here this morning and when when my wife is finished this morning if you need prayer for anything maybe your relationships it's broken maybe you have been trying to control your life in a way you need some pastors some people that love you to just pray and believe God for you we're going to leave this, this front here open these people love you they pray for you And they want to serve you and believe God for your marriage, for your relationships, for your jobs, whatever it be for healing in your body. Jesus wants to come and meet you. I want you to bow your heads one more time with me. And I want to pray today that you would surrender every area of your life. And if there's things that you need to control, I I want to pray that God will give you the boldness and the wisdom and and, and, and the, the strength to be successful in that. But, but I also want to, to tell you that your surrender to Jesus in that situation is vital for success. And if you're here today and you, you say to the Lord, God, I, I need to surrender some areas of my life that I've never really given to you. Maybe that relationship, 
Maybe it's, it's your, your relationship to your children. Maybe you've tried to control them every day and you're realizing that, you know what? You gotta let them live. You gotta let them make, them, make some mistakes so that when it really matters, they know that it's up to them and that, God, you will be there for them. I just wanna pray for you. Dear God, I lift up your people today. What an amazing group of people that you've brought to this place today. Jesus, I know you've provided a way. I know you've provided a better way for us. And I pray today that you will do that, that you will come in the lives of your people today and that you would begin to speak to them about what they should surrender, what they shouldn't. You you would begin to speak to them about a better way, a new life. Lord, give us your understanding. Give us your wisdom today. Give us real life in you, Lord. And let us walk not with anxiety, but with peace of heart and peace of mind. Thank you, Lord. I pray that we can now go out and invest and invite everyone we meet. Tell them about this awesome Jesus that came to do this amazing work on the cross. We love you. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. That's all we have for this time. Come back next week for part three of I Choose. Have a blessed one.